Here comes Schofield. Oh! Oh! Nastiness. Wait a second. Driving left, dunking right over Love. Right. Who can do it? For penetration. Taken away by Hagens. Williams lobs it up. Oh! The slam. Jordan Bowden on a rock attack. Well, I, I do like length. That's what she said. Once. Williams draws the double, hesitates. Extra feed. Oh, look out! That's a man's jam! Admiral Schofield! Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, basketball time in Tennessee time. Sorry, basketball time in Tennessee is kind of done right now time. But this was still a fun basketball season in Tennessee time, I do believe. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here recording this on a Thursday night. And I'm located here in, I don't want to say the studio, we'll call it the moon room right now because it's uh, the, the sun is... The sun is down. Uh, it is Thursday night around 9.20 p.m. Probably going to release this uh, sometime on a Friday. I'm guessing sometime Friday, uh, probably midday, afternoon, somewhere along those lines. Uh, I'm here in Knoxville. Grant Ramey is so far away. He's in a whole other county. He's at the uh, Govals 24-7 Blunt County Bureau or Blunt County Satellite Office up there, down there in Maryville. Grant, what's up? I prefer satellite office. It sounds cooler, a little more NASA-centric. That's true, and um, it is closer to an airport where you are. So That's true. That's true. So I can it, get to the moon way faster than you can. Yeah, and, and you probably you – were, you were an aerospace engineering major, weren't you? Uh, yeah, uh, but I minored in sports journalism, thank God, to make yeah. the money. Yeah, that's – because that – tell you, that, that engineering world, it's a tough one. But uh, sports journalism, sports media right now, that's where all of – the money is the money, the chicks, the glory, all of it. Uh, but right now, it's all there. Yeah, all of it, all of it, every bit of it, and then some. Uh, we're here to talk about. Uh, we've already sort of broken down the Tennessee basketball season, or at least the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll have another podcast later on, sort of breaking down the the full season, what it means for the program moving forward, and all that. Um, but our most recent hoops podcast, if you want to go back and rewind that, uh, which uh, I don't know why you would want to relive Tennessee's. Uh, just crushing loss to Purdue, but it was still uh, some interesting. Uh, Tennessee provided plenty of entertainment during the NCAA tournament, and there's a bunch of coverage on that. We have that in that podcast that we recorded from our hotel room there in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, outside of the KFC Yum Center, where Tennessee fell 99-94 in overtime to Purdue there in the Sweet 16. Uh, But we are here right now to discuss more news that if you're a Tennessee basketball fan, you probably don't love Uh, It's that Tennessee junior point guard Jordan Bone, as expected, has declared for the NBA draft. He has said that he has every intention of staying in the draft, but he has left the door open to a possible return, which you are allowed to do now, even if you sign an agent, uh, because of some rules changes that we'll get to here in just a bit. Uh, But Grant, uh, I got to think, uh, as someone who, you know, you might be the only guy who's around the basketball team more than I am. I guess you and Mike Wilson are, but... um, you go and look at this, and, and this isn't a surprise, is it? I mean, not, nothing about this is something that we didn't expect. No, it's not a surprise, and it's a really kind of a 
Uh, there's a lot of layers to this situation, I think. You, you said his intentions are to stay uh, in the draft, and he said so. Uh, he said as much himself uh, when this dropped on whatever day that was, Wednesday, I guess. Um, and I think he, if he had his way, he'll stay in the draft, and it'll work out. Uh, he's going to have to generate some buzz in the workouts because he's not on mock drafts right now. He's not on the top 75, top 100, whatever. Uh, rankings if you go out and look for those top available prospects uh, from various media outlets but at the same time I think he wants to say that uh, so these NBA franchises know he's serious and he's not just a player that's uh, going through the process just trying to get the experience just trying to get the feedback and then go back to school and build on his game so uh, there's a lot of layers to this but I think that's kind of the thumbnail sketch view of it Uh, he's serious about this and I think if, if he had his if he had his plan come true, uh, it would be leaving right now and, and testing his professional career. Yeah, and I think that that's something that's clearly understandable. Uh, I know Tennessee fans might not love that, but um, you know the allure of possibly playing for lots and lots of money as opposed to playing on a scholarship at the college level, uh, a lot of us might also choose the, the lure. Uh, we, we would be lured in by the, by the money that's out there to play professionally. But you brought up a really good point, and that was going to be my next point anyway. If you look at just about all of these guys when they declare, they all say the exact same thing. They all say that they intend, most of them say they intend to stay in the draft. And the reason why is exactly what you just hit on. You have to say that you're serious about this process if you want NBA scouts to seriously look at you as a potential guy to pick. Uh, so that's something that you need to say. That doesn't mean that he is definitely going to stay in the draft. Um, and, and my personal opinion is that he'll have a chance to play himself into some boards because of his. he'll put up really good workout numbers for anyone who measures those things. I think as more people go watch his film uh, from this season, uh, I think a lot of scouts who already do know about him for, for certain, uh, I think the more they watch, the more they'll be intrigued by some of the ways uh, that he's able to play the game, especially on the offensive end. But I think he handled that message just about right. Uh, he released it. Uh, you know, Tennessee put up a nice video for him, and he said all the right things in that. Uh, I do think that this is a kid who genuinely cares about this program. His brother played for this program. He played for this program. He cares about this this university, this athletic department, this basketball program, his, his coaches, his teammates. He's a conscientious kid. I mean, the past two offseasons – or past two NCAA tournament losses, he was nearly inconsolable in the locker room. I mean, this kid cares. And, and so I hope people sort of respect – you'd like to think in, in a perfect situation people would respect his 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 process as he goes through this. But um, I think that's that's really important to note that, that he is not slamming the door shut because I think a lot of times, you know, it's not like a, a ton of Tennessee players have done this process. Like a few of them have over the years. Tyler Smith obviously did it. Um, you know, last year Admiral Schofield did it. Different guys have done it, but it's not something that happens on an annual basis at Tennessee. And so, I, I think maybe Tennessee fans in general don't don't you know they don't they don't understand what you need to say in those situations. And what you have to say is that you care about the process, you care about, you're serious about this, and you want to stay in the draft. Right, and and that's the that's the the story that shouldn't get lost here. After that Loyola game, when Clayton Custer made that shot over Jordan Bone. Uh, and then Jordan got the inbound and rushed it down the floor and put up that desperation three and bang, bang, the season's over. But yeah, he was totally devastated. Head in the towel, sobbing in the locker room, trying to uh, answer questions, trying to get the words out. He couldn't. 
And, and Chris Walker, the former Tennessee football player who's their FCA guy, he told me uh, a couple weeks ago he's never had to, uh, I think his words were, scrape an athlete off the floor the way he had to scrape Jordan Bone off the floor after that game and just try to uh, lift him up. Because outside of the FCA stuff, Chris Walker has a very mentorship kind of relationship, older brother relationship uh, with those guys. And from that second on, from the time he picked himself up and got past that loss, it turned into he's going to change everything about his game to be a better point guard, to not let that happen again. And he spent the entire offseason doing that, and he, he, he was so successful in that, and he put so much work into it that he made himself into an NBA prospect. And even though he's not on mock drafts and people want to point that out and he's not on the rankings and all that stuff I pointed out earlier, uh, Jerry Meyer, our director of basketball recruiting for 247, who's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. Correct. Says Same he's the best. Says he's the best NBA prospect on this roster. Uh, Jay Billis uh, was on ESPN before the SEC tournament title game uh, talking about Jordan Bones being the best NBA prospect on this Tennessee roster. So at some point, it's got to click, whether it's now or, or if he comes back, if it's next year. Uh, I, I think it is good that he left a door open, even if it does seem like it's kind of barely cracked. He wants to go pro, but you know maybe he could end up coming back. If he does come back, he's walking into a great situation where he could legitimately say, okay, let's go be a legit Final Four contender again. Uh, because if he's back, he makes them a legit Final Four contender, depending on other pieces and moves that are made. And if he's gone, uh, then you have a glaring opening, a wide open point guard slot for a five-star 6-6 point guard guard and Josiah James the third highest Tennessee signee since the 247 rankings started I mean so it, it's a really interesting kind of from all sides story from start to beginning to end yeah and, and I'll break that down into into to, to some smaller bite-sized chunks here you mentioned a really really good point about everything that Jordan boned in in the offseason with, with some really good insight there and, and anything Chris Walker says about those guys uh, you can take that as gospel, and pun, no pun intended. Like he is a guy who knows those kids a lot and uh, will shoot you straight about them. So anything he says about that, I'm willing to believe that. But here's what's interesting about Bone. You you mentioned that him transforming himself as a player in the off season. To put that into some sort of context, I've got the numbers here. Uh, Jordan Bone's first two seasons at Tennessee were remarkably similar. He played 20 minutes a game as a freshman, and he played 23 minutes a game as a sophomore. His point production from a freshman to a sophomore season only went from 7.2 to 7.3 per game. His assists only went up from 2.9 to 3.5. His steal numbers were about the same. Shooting percentages across the board virtually identical. And then you look at, at what he did going into this season, and you look at these numbers. His point production went up from 7.3 to 13.5 points per game. His rebound numbers went up from 2 per game to about 3.5 per game. Uh, his free throw percentage went up. His shooting percentage went up. Uh, his three-point percentage did not go up, but he, he was kind of streaky with that, and he had some some moments in there. Uh, but his assist numbers were the, were the biggest jump. He went from 3.5 per game to about 6 assists per game. And he became more more so than just the the numbers will indicate. Just watching them on tape, th- this guy is he was not even close to the same player uh, that he was his freshman and sophomore seasons. I mean, he became one of the best players in the SEC. Yeah, and and that's part of the way I look at this. Uh, if I was Jordan Bone, I think I would be doing the same thing he's doing because I don't know how much higher his stock can go. Uh, I don't think, I don't think he 
there's there's room for improvement. Any any player on the planet, there's room for improvement. I just it's hard to imagine Jordan Bone could have a better season as a senior than he had as a junior. Think so? And maybe he could. Maybe maybe he could up the numbers. Uh, but I, I just thought he was so good as a junior, so consistently from start to finish. Uh, it would just be really hard, I think, to top that. That's my thing. Uh, if you come back, if you if you risk playing another year with no money, uh, what's your stock going to look like a year from now? Can you help yourself? Uh, if so, then then there's reason to come back. If not, uh, even if you're not as high on the draft boards as you want, I think there you could say there's reason to go. See, when when I look at that, I look at it from from a slightly different angle. When I look at the improvement that he made from his sophomore year to his junior year, if you and, and even if he doesn't improve at that same kind of ridiculous clip, if he keeps progressing upward, I mean, his stock, I, I don't think that he would necessarily hurt his stock if he did that. I think he could help himself because you look at the numbers he put up as a junior compared to his sophomore season. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you don't think he can get much better, then, then what does that say about his, his pro prospects? You know, I, I think, right. he, I think he can get better as a player. Uh, and I think without Admiral Schofield out there on the court next season, um, I think that he could do even more. I think he, he you know, you'd like for, for Grant Williams to come back too. We'll talk about that here in a minute, but you know, they've got some pieces on that team, but but if he comes back, he's an even more important part of everything going forward. And he is uh, what every college coach loves more than just about anything, which is a good senior point guard. Uh, and, and Tennessee has one anyway because Lamonte Turner is a heck of a point guard, I think, and a guy who you can win a lot of basketball games with. But I, I think he can improve. Now the question is, can he improve enough potentially to where, you know, the the – you get a risk reward situation there. Is it could he mm-hmm. could he improve so much that it's worth the risk of potentially you know having a bad senior season or even worse getting hurt? You know, you know, with, with without a guy like Schofield out there to help him in certain situations, or or could could his film actually look worse? You know, even though he's gotten better as a player, there, there's all sorts of variables here. I don't know that his. I don't think it's a deal where if he comes back, he's a top ten pick. I don't. I don't believe that at all. I, I do think that he does have room for improvement, though, and I think he could help himself as a prospect. The question is, uh, what it's going to come down to really is, a- after about five six weeks of workouts here, what do teams think about him? That that's what it's ultimately going to come down to. Because if he has even a decent agent, uh, which you can have one now, um, but if he has good people around him advising him, uh, and, and I think you, you you probably after five or six weeks you get a dead level sense of where you are, and then you go from there, right? Yeah, and 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 then you have to factor in Josiah James, and uh, Josiah told Evan Daniels uh, in Atlanta for the McDonald's All Star Game that he was uh, actively recruiting Jordan Bone to come back for his senior season. Obviously, they play the same position. Tennessee recruited Josiah the last four years as a point guard, uh, even though he is a combo guard and even though he's as versatile as he can be uh, at his size playing in the backcourt, he could play uh, the one, the two, the three. Um, he wants to play point guard in college. That's not a been that's not been a secret. That's what he told Tennessee during the recruiting process. But he also wants to play with Jordan Bone, and you have to wonder uh, how they split the minutes at point. Do they does Bone play off the ball some? Uh, Josiah would play off the ball some, but how much does he play at point? Uh, that's another thing to factor in. I think if if there is room for that improvement, if, if you're going to see it in a stat line, uh, I think you really need to have Grant Williams come back because he does so much for this offense. Uh, and he's, he's as much as Jordan Bones the gas pedal, uh, 
Grant Williams is the guy fueling the engine. I mean, he's going to do so much, so much production that if you're going to have those assist numbers, you need that kind of guy. Uh, even though they have Lamonte, Jordan Bowden coming back, all these other guys uh, in the lineup. Uh, but that's my thing is is kind of how does Josiah fit into this thing? Where's the improvement for Jordan Bone if he does end up coming back? Uh, and from there, can you uh, can you improve? But yeah, you're right. The whole thing is 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 working with an agent, going through these workouts, generating uh, the right amount of buzz. I do think he'll work out well. I think he'll impress yeah, people he in workouts. Uh, I think Grant Williams might be a different story because he's such a gamer and has such a clutch gene that you can't really show that in workouts. I mean, when Tennessee needs somebody to take over a game, Grant Williams consistently hit those huge shots and consistently put the team on his back when he when they needed him to do that. Um, but it's all about what Jordan Bone can do in these workout sessions. Yeah, I was thinking about this because, you know, Tennessee had kind of its lineup of, lineup of death this year with, with uh, you know, you, you had uh, Bone, Turner, Bowden, and – Schofield and Williams kind of playing that small ball death ball lineup. And I, and I thought about this the other day, if everything worked out exactly perfectly for Tennessee, which nothing ever does in life, but if it did work out perfectly for Tennessee, uh, it could have a lineup of death next season of, of bone Turner, Bowden, Josiah James and Grant Williams. And you talk about, you have four guys out there on the floor who could play the point guard position. And then the guy who's playing center is also a guy who has kind of been Tennessee's emergency point guard at times. A guy who has some some guard skills despite being kind of a, you know, an undersized four. So, you know, th- that that would be, man, that would be a really hard lineup to match up with for, for right. opponents. That would be, that would be tough. That, that would be the real deal. But, you know, things never quite work out that way. And, and we do need to mention here that, Grant Williams also he's not announced it yet and and I you know maybe he won't but I'd be shocked if he didn't announce that he was going to do the same thing he was going to go through the process I don't see why he wouldn't now ultimately I do see a stronger argument for Grant Williams coming back than for Jordan Bone coming back and you're probably saying well he's two-time SEC player of the year no it's it's what you are as a pro prospect and you know Williams is a guy who you know, I've heard scouts all over the place about him, including one who basically said, you know what, I don't know how he's going to be an NBA player. I just I just think he is. We're going to have to not look at measurables, and we're going to have to say this kid's just a great basketball player, and he's going to help a team in this sort of positionless NBA that, that things are now. So I, is there anything new on that front, Grant? Because we're recording this on Thursday night, and things can always change, but uh, probably dropping it Friday afternoon, I'm guessing. So, it, at that point, is any anything new on the Grant Williams front? I, I, no, I agree with you, though. I would be stunned. I mean, I think it's as close to 100% certainty as you can get uh, that Grant is going to go through this process. And frankly, he would be dumb not to go through this process. He's too good of a basketball player. Uh, he's too skilled. He's got too bright of a future. He's done too much uh, these first three seasons to not go through this. And even if he wants to come back, even if he had that in his head, even if it wasn't a case of my intentions are to stay in the draft, but I'm testing it anyway or whatever, or I want to come back, I'm just testing it for the experience, whatever the case may be, he needs to go through it. They made this rule to benefit players so they can get this feedback so they can know where they stand. Uh, And for Grant, it's a completely different topic because he's all over mock drafts. I mean, all over him. He's as high as number 17. He's as low as number 47 or not on a board, something like that, depending on... Uh, which media outlet you're looking at. Uh, and frankly, if he goes through this test and he gets a first round grade from multiple teams, you got to stay in the draft. You got to take guaranteed money. Uh, don't risk coming back and, and messing something up and whatever. 
but that's a whole different conversation because there's a whole different set of uh, circumstances with Grant. Him and Josiah James are extremely close. I think one of the reasons Josiah came to Tennessee was because of Grant. Uh, and he, I think he would want to play with Josiah and vice versa uh, if it kind of fit in with everything that's going on this summer and, and this process. Uh, at the same time, you can come back. You could sell him possibly being a three-time defending SEC player of the year, which is ha- what hasn't happened since Bernard King did so in the 70s. And obviously, uh, that's as elite a company as you can get. He's already done so much that he's going to get his jersey retired one day. He's, you know, he's a first-team consensus All-American, the first one Tennessee's had since Dell Ellis uh, in 83. So he's already proven yeah, even, a ton. Even Lofton never was, was a consensus All-American. Right, he was second team, uh, which is, you know, that's a that's a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, and and uh, I think Alan Houston was second as well, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, what what the what that kid's done since the time he got to Tennessee has been incredible. Uh, and if he comes back, he can build on that legend status, and he makes this a Final Four contender instantly, regardless of what Jordan Bone does. But if he gets a first round grade. If he impresses enough in those workouts to do that, he's got to go because that's really hard to pass up. Yeah, and here's here's the other dynamic that I think is interesting with Grant Williams, and and I, I might be alone on this island, but but I think that you know I said earlier that 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 Jordan Bone was a you know he and his brother both played for this program. He's from the state of Tennessee. He takes a lot of pride in that. He's been inconsolable after the past two NCAA tournament losses. And, and so he cares, and, and I'm not trying to say in any way, shape, or form that he doesn't. He very much cares. But Grant Williams is different in that he genuinely just loves being in Knoxville. He loves being in college. He loves his classes. I mean, most kids hate going to class. He actually likes the stuff. He, he is wired differently from just about any one of the other great athletes, you know, All-America types that I've ever covered. He is he is a very much a nerd who just is really good at basketball, and he likes the experience of you know going to Cruz Farm to get ice cream and putting it on Instagram, and you know he likes playing board games with his teammates. You know he he's liked the past couple of years where he and Admiral Schofield have basically been the co-mayors of Knoxville. I mean, th- this guy could not go find a place on this planet right now where he is more loved to be, and I, I think that's a genuine two-way street there. I think he knows that he's. I think he I hate to use the phrase living legend, but I think he kind of knows he is one and I think he loves being at Tennessee. And I, I think that with him will be a factor. Now, if you're a guaranteed first round pick and you just go, you know what, I can always come back here one day. I gotta go play ball now. I I, I can I can see that. Uh, because that's that would be if you were the kid's financial advisor or his parents, you'd probably advise him to do that. Um, but this is a kid who if he came back for a year, went to grad school. Um, you know, enjoy being around his teammates, enjoy being with his coaches. He's the kind of kid who could almost kind of do what Peyton Manning did and just say, you know what, I want to come back for one more year. Because there was no logical reason for Peyton Manning to do it other than he wanted to win a championship. And and Grant Williams has done everything at Tennessee except for win, you know, basically go to a Final Four and win a national championship. That's why Peyton Manning came back, and that's why I think Grant Williams will strongly consider it regardless of the circumstances but I might be alone on that island I just I think that's a I think that's a factor with him I do I feel like uh, Michael Scott right now when he takes the voice recorder out of the drawer to record a t-shirt idea uh, for a later uh, if Grant Williams does come back he either needs to have like a replica Peyton Manning press conference that he's coming back yes. uh, down to the same words 
or he needs to do the uh, Michael Jordan facts that says I'm back. And that was his only statement. Those are the only two words in the statement. I'm back when he came back to the NBA, <laughs> uh, I guess the first time, but yes, you're right. What, what did he tell you in South Carolina uh, after that game in Columbia? What was it? February, I guess. Yeah. Pull him to he, side. Said some, yeah, he said something to the effect that the NBA is going to be there a year from now, whether he's a part of it or not. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. He said and I, he said he said it's it's been a dream of mine to play there, but you know what? The league's probably going to be the exact same in about a year. Right. And I think I think you're right. 100% right. He cares uh about his legacy. He wants it to be uh the best possible legacy, which it's hard to imagine it could be any higher, but if he came back as a senior and carried this program uh to an elite eight to a final four, it would be you know, absolute legend status, build the statue right away, retire the jersey right away, all that stuff. Uh, I think he does care about his life. I think he cares about this program uh, because this program took a chance on him when other schools didn't, when yeah. it was going to be Ivy League or whatever, smaller schools. And, and this current coaching staff, too. Yeah, and that, that was my next thing. I think he cares about Rick Barnes and these guys that have helped him develop. Uh, he's got the talent. He's got the skills, obviously. Uh, he's not just 100% a product of this coaching staff, uh, but this coaching staff, as they've shown with other guys on this roster, are really good at developing talent and turning you into a player uh, that they can they can kind of see into the future and know what your potential is. Uh, the first day I was at fall practice, uh, sorry, preseason practice, whenever that is, October, mm-hmm. Jordan Bones' freshman year, Rick Barnes pointed him out and said, that's the fastest point guard I've ever coached. He can be the best player on this roster. And now we're sitting here talking about uh, a possible NBA future for him after his junior season. If things go the right way, so I think Grant cares about all those factors, and Josiah and and all the stuff you went through, uh, his teammates, you know, the stuff off the court, the stuff on the court. Uh, that no, I would not be stunned. I would certainly not be stunned if he came back. But uh, let's see what the workouts, what kind of feedback he gets. I'm going to be really interested to see what kind of feedback he gets and see how he tests because obviously. When you test, you're six, whatever he is, six eight, six nine, six. I can't remember what he's listed at. Yeah, uh, he's listed at six seven. He's really six six. Is is about the tops that he is. Right. So I mean, if they if they play some five on five in these workouts, I don't really know what what all goes on. If it's just individual skill work or what, uh, I'm going to be interested to see how well he tests. What scouts kind of take away from that based on. Or if that's different from what you see when you turn on game tape and, and see all the stuff that he's done the last three seasons. Yeah, the point that you made about the the Michael Scott thing and and the the Michael Jordan and the Peyton Manning. I'll give you a third option. He goes to a school like a local community uh, center or something or a local elementary school with a bunch of kids around, like LeBron did with the decision. Oh yes, and he yes. says, "I'm keeping my talents here in Knoxville." Like that. <laughs> that I'm taking my talents to South Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking my talents to um, the exact same place that I live right now. Uh, yeah, I'm just, he's like, I love my life. I want to keep doing this. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that it, that that ultimately will be the, the biggest factor for him. But, but I, I do think that Grant Williams, there are outliers in sports. And Grant Williams has always kind of been one. And so I think that makes him much more of a wild card going into this process. Now, if you're Tennessee, before we get out of here, I do think we need to mention this. Uh, I think Jordan Bone is an unbelievable point guard for the college game. I think he is a really, really good basketball player. But I think he's someone Tennessee can replace by committee. Uh, I think because you have Lamonte Turner on the roster, because you're bringing in Josiah James, the combination of those two guys plus the fact Bowden can play some point guard, 
the world's not going to collapse because of that. That that program's not going to implode uh, if Jordan Bone stays in the draft. Uh, I and it might just be because I have been a huge believer in Lamonte Turner since the year he was a redshirt. I just I think the world of the kid as a player, his competitive spirit, uh, the fact that he carried them back into that game. Uh, against Purdue, and, and which made the ending of that game even more cruel. And so I'm just thinking of kind of Lamonte Turner now going into the offseason kind of like Bone did last year, knowing that because of that one play, um, things change for that team. Because Tennessee could still be playing right now. Tennessee could – there was so much parity in that field. Tennessee legitimately, if it had won that game, could have won a national championship. Duke's out of this thing. Carolina's out of this thing. That is a wide-open ball game. And Tennessee, I'll, I'll never be convinced – that Tennessee could not have gone there and won a national title if it had won that game. Uh, but and, and I think Turner will know that too. And so I think going into this offseason, I think he's going to motivate himself even more, and he's already a huge gym rat. So I, I, there are programs out there that have won big basketball games and won championships that did not have a point guard as good as Lamonte Turner. I, I really do believe that. I might be wrong, but I, I do believe that genuinely. So I think they're okay there. The guy that you just can't replace is Grant Williams. And that doesn't mean that Tennessee would just fall off a map and, and go to being like, you know, a, a mid-pack, like maybe bubble team at best. I, I don't, I don't want to go that far. But if Tennessee has to replace Grant Williams next season, I don't think Tennessee wins a championship of any kind. I, I think Tennessee would almost be fortunate, you know, to kind of even be in the mix because he's a guy who, because of everything he does on both ends of the floor, because of his just innate ability to make clutch plays. I mean, if, if, if that – if that Lamonte Turner foul doesn't get called against Purdue, some of those buckets he made late, people will never forget those. Uh, he's right. made you know the play against Ole Miss. I mean, he's done that time and time again where he's had to take over games and then go win games. And, and I think that guy, just because of everything he does, I mean, he's the reigning two-time SEC player of the year. He would be really hard to replace, and, and I don't think you could. You'd have to almost change the way you played if you were Tennessee – and go to a more even more perimeter oriented game to sort of compensate for that and change the way you play the game. I don't think they change the way they play the game if Bone stays in the draft. I think they do have to change the way they play the game if Williams stays in the draft, if he declares and then stays in the draft. So, I mean, I, am, am I wrong there? I, I just no, don't. You're not. And and I and and on the site uh, Thursday, I guess it was Thursday afternoon. I I kind of went down the list. Uh, in a story uh, with Jordan Bone, without Jordan Bone, for kind of all the players in the backcourt, uh, Lamonte, Josiah, Jordan Bowden, uh, even Jalen Johnson, Eve Pons. Uh, and I plan on doing the same thing with Grant Williams with the forwards. Uh, what Kind of what their role is if Grant's back next year, what's their role if Grant's not. And if you look at this roster, this this uh, the front court, even with Grant Williams, you think – DJ Burns has got his work cut out for him because he's supposed to be the next guy up. Yeah. Um, and even if he plays alongside Grant, I think that's a talented duo to have in the post, but it's still going to take a lot to kind of replace what Kyle Alexander did defensively. Uh, kind of the production Kyle could give you, uh, it, obviously it wasn't consistent production, but it was there sometimes. Uh, it would kind of be up to Josiah and DJ to kind of counteract losing Kyle and Admiral uh, from a production standpoint. Uh, and if you take Grant out of that equation, uh, DJ Burns is obviously a talented guy. He, before Josiah, he was the, the highest-rated signee uh, that Barnes had brought to Tennessee. I think he was like such a talented offensive player. Like he has so much talent right. offensively. He, he's a really good 
basketball player and he's a big body and he knows how to score the basketball and pass. I think he could kind of be a Grant Williams of the future, uh, but I'm not sure. Well, actually, I know 100% I'm sure that he's not ready to take on that title. I don't think anybody's ready to take on that title for the reasons you mentioned. Yeah, the intangible uh, ones on top of it. Right, right. So uh, that's that's obviously a huge, uh, huge decision. It's really hard to try to project anything about this Tennessee basketball team moving forward until you know kind of what Bone's going to do, what's Grant going to do. Are there transfers leaving the program uh, like there are at almost every uh, Division One program in the country every offseason, every spring? Uh, as many as many transfers as there are across the entire landscape, like 700, 800, it's like the numbers just keep climbing. Yeah, or if some uh, come every in every year, right? And, yeah, and and if those guys leave, if Bone leaves, if Grant leaves, you need to be bringing in grad transfer guys uh, to help fill out this roster because it's still a talented roster. If Bone leaves, uh, go find a guard. If Grant leaves, go find a forward. Uh, if they both leave, go find both of those. Uh, and if there are guys going out, I mean, they've actively recruited the 2019 class despite being full at the 13 scholarship limit as it stands right now. So maybe they know stuff. I know they know stuff that we don't know. It's just a matter of uh, when does it play out all the timing. It's, it's a lot of moving pieces that you got to try to fit together uh, to, to make the best possible roster next season. Maybe they just need to go ahead and commit collusion and get that Colgate point guard like a <laughs> like like Barnes wanted tampering. to do. He's already he's already tampered once, and he called himself out. On yeah, that was the the, the 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 Barnes calling him out in real time for for attempted tampering was was one of the low. It's one of those kind of quiet highlights of the year. That was a very classic Rick Barnes moment. There, he was a uh, he was repenting, if you will. Yeah, and washing I, away. Yeah, <laughs> he's washed in the blood. If you look at 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 the you know that situation with incoming guys, I, I do believe that there would be a lot of interest from a lot of players. All of a sudden, if Grant Williams left, I think that could almost do something like some players who maybe might not leave as grad transfers would even maybe think about going on the market if they thought they could get that spot at Tennessee. Because Tennessee right now uh, is a name that kids across the country know for basketball. It's not even in the same breath as the, you know, Kentuckys and Carolinas and Dukes and Kansases and all those, and, and probably never will be, or at least won't be for an extended period of time because those are you know, wor- those are almost worldwide names in the game. People right. know that. But Tennessee is a name that these coaches know, these kids know, and if Tennessee gets the opportunity to 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 maybe have a spot for a grad transfer, I think you could see some guys who would be really, really interested in, in trying to make overtures to Tennessee to get that spot. Right, and I mean, it's like uh, the, the Little Rock transfer, Ray John Tucker. I mean, he's a he's kind of like a Josiah James where he's, he's a pretty tall guard. Uh, and he puts up a lot of numbers, and he's got guys like North Carolina, uh, those type of programs after him. Uh, I mean, if you look at Kentucky on Thursday, they got the Bucknell transfer. I think his name is Nate Sestina. He's one of the yep. one of the top guys uh, on the on the transfer market. Uh, well, I mean, you look at what Tennessee's done versus what Kentucky's done the last couple of years. It's it's crazy to think about, but Tennessee's on that same level. I mean, uh, Admiral and Kyle left the program with six wins over Kentucky. Uh, in 10 meetings. So they've had a winning record over the last four years. Jordan Bone is five and three right now in his eight games against Kentucky. So, uh, and, 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 two, a, and two bad bounces away from maybe being right. two final fours in a row. Right. And, and yeah, and I mean, there, there is definitely selling points for this program right now that there hasn't been possibly ever or in a long, long time. Yeah. That before we get out of here, Grant, that is the really tough thing because people want to know as soon as the season ends, you know, you want to look at what next season could be. 
and that's so difficult to do. Usually it's easier for football because you you know kind of who's coming in by, by that point already, and you know sort of, you know, that, that most freshmen at some positions, it's hard to make an impact. So you, you, you just – it's easier to kind of judge sometimes with football where the next season is going when it ends. With college basketball, especially in this transient marketplace that it is right now, um, it's – it's impossible. Like it's not. I'm not saying it's it, it's tough. I'm saying it is impossible. Sitting right here, early April 2019, to tell you anything about what Tennessee is going to be in 2019-20 because that's how many moving pieces are in place. I mean, what if Bone and Williams both go? Uh, what if they both stay? What if somebody else transfers and they bring in a you know a guy who's just a great player who we don't even know is going to be on the market yet, and they bring him in as a grad transfer? You know, what if they go find some kid overseas somewhere? You know, some you know I'm just spitballing here, some sort of like you know six foot ten or six foot eleven Eastern European who can hit threes and do all these things offensively, and then you go, huh? Well, that changes things in a hurry. I mean, there are so many things that could happen in the next two months and beyond, really in the next four months, five months, that it's it's not just tough. It's actually impossible to say what next season might look like. Yeah, and I think you – I think they have to look at it from the standpoint. It's almost like a, uh, um, a professional franchise. When you have the pieces in place and everybody's under contract, that's your championship window. Uh, if, if you have the right roster built, if, if you're a contender, you got to contend during this window, it's going to slam shut. Uh, right now, they're going to have one of the most senior backcourts, regardless of Jordan Bone being back or not. They're going to have guys uh, in the post uh, that can help you. Uh, they need to upgrade their bench, uh, if that's from transfers or whatever, uh, and they need some of these pieces to come back. That would also help. Uh, but either way, they're, they got talented pieces. They need to take advantage of it. Uh, if that means going to the grad transfer market, uh, that's something. If it's, uh, I, I mean, a European prospect in the 2019 pro- class that you're talking about, uh, Isaiah Einen from Munich, Germany. I mean, he's he's down to Tennessee, TCU, and t- uh, Minnesota. He's going to take visits to all three, and he's a 6'9 uh, power forward who has touch and can step out and shoot it. I mean, that would be perfect for what Tennessee needs right now. It's just a matter of how many slots do you have to fill, uh, and you got to figure all that out. And yeah, you're you're 100 right for right now. For us, it's it's 100 impossible to try to figure out just what this is going to be next uh, uh, November. And Grant, I'm about to about to kick you out of here so we can get out of this outro and get out of here. But but here's a thought: we need to put this thought in in our heads here about. What well, I'll say one thing first. First off, you can go to the draft and you can go. I needed to mention this earlier. You can go into the draft and you can get an agent and you can still come back if you repay that agent every dollar right. and cent that you paid that agent. If you if you can prove this is how much the agent gave me, I have repaid these funds, so you can then reclaim your eligibility. I, I, I teased that earlier in the podcast, and I need to I need to mention that. So the rules are different now. So so if either one of those guys gets an agent, that doesn't mean that they're sealing the deal. So that's one thing to mention. And the second one, Grant, this is just um, putting a, a planting a seed for a future podcast, specifically with two guys on this Tennessee team that need to have really good off seasons. I'm talking about Eve Pons and I'm talking about Jalen Johnson with those two guys. Would it be better for them if they brought in grad transfers to compete and push them? Or are they the kinds of guys that just need to, they need to say, screw it and play 20, 25 minutes a game and see what they can do that way. Which way? Cause there's different ways to motivate and get the best out of guys. 
and which way would be better for those guys in their development. I think we could do almost an entire podcast based on that question. You definitely could. And I don't think there, I don't think you should roll out the transfer out of the program possibility uh, for guys on Tennessee's bench, like a, like a Derek Walker or like a Jalen Johnson. So that's a whole nother, or is that Ken? Uh, or yeah, or that's a whole nother topic of, you know, which, which of these guys are going to be back. Are they bought in? It feels like, uh, if you're not getting your minutes at this point, if you can't produce more than they have at this point, is it worth staying or is it worth somewhere going somewhere else and trying to find a, a better situation? So yeah, that that's a whole that's a whole another podcast that I'll that I'll put in the uh, the old hamster wheel. Is there anything else that you want to mention before you get out of here, Grant? Is there any uh, taunting of the Chicago Cubs that you want to do because they you have that right at the moment? No, because uh, the Braves embarrassed themselves in Philadelphia to start the series, so that's uh, the start of the season, so. Uh, they're just now trying to win back my affections. Well, that's fair. And now Crime Dog's out here barking anyway, so I'll probably need Shout to go ahead and let you go. Crime Dog, he, he makes his appearance in every podcast. So uh, thanks, Grant, and uh, I guess we'll see you for another podcast next week. I'll see you there. Guys, thanks for tuning in today. I need to go ahead and mention that. Thank you for, for everyone who listens to this podcast every week. Sorry, we kind of had a bit of a awkward transition there, but – Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We will be back again next week. We have another football podcast. We'll have another hoops podcast to do. Uh, In the meantime, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker. You can find me on Twitter at Wes Rucker 24-7. You can find Grant Ramey on Twitter at Grant Ramey. You can find Ryan Callahan on Twitter at Ryan Callahan 24-7. And you can find Patrick Brown on Twitter at PBrown 24-7. You can also go to the staff account if you want to just deal with just the facts, nothing else. You can get that from twitter.com slash go balls 24 7 you can also go to our facebook page which we we, we're really proud of what we've done over there you can go to facebook.com slash go balls 24 7 and check that out or if you want to drink water straight from the hose you can go to www.govals247.com where you will get the very best coverage on all of al gore's internets regarding the university of tennessee athletics department all sorts of football news football recruiting news basketball news basketball recruiting news uh lady vols news uh with maria doing all the stuff she does covering women's basketball and softball and all that stuff uh, it's baseball season right now for tennessee the vols sitting there hovering around the top 25 mark got a big series against uh, top five team in mississippi state this weekend at lindsey nelson stadium so we got plenty to discuss and we're going to discuss all of it as we always do on govols247.com. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you here in probably just a few days.